Good morning. Welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. I'm so glad to have you along with us today as we've been looking at some of my favorite spots, my top 10 favorite spots from the land of Israel. And I'll be honest, one of the reasons I'm going through this series is that next next February, as we take another trip back there, there's no vaccine mandates now in, in Israel. There's no testing mandates. And Israel is open up again, and people are visiting there. I've missed being there the last two years. And we're going to have another trip there in February. I'm welcoming and inviting you to come and join us. So um, that's what I'd like to do. If you're part of this online community, a special welcome to you. But we've been looking at my top 10 favorite spots. And today's favorite spot that I want to talk about, there's obvious why. There can be no question what is the favorite spot in Christianity. And the two favorite spots, shall we say, happen to be right next to one another, and it's called the Garden Tomb. And there is a picture of the Garden Tomb. Now, this is my favorite spot because it's where Jesus was resurrected. We believe that that door right there, if you can see, and inside that tomb is the very place where Jesus laid. And you can go in there and you can see it. It's not it's, it's, it's a it's a room. There's actually spot for two two people to have been buried there. You can see it. We'll talk about it more in just a moment. But my point being, this is my favorite spot and I'll tell you why. But before I did that, there is some controversy as to exactly where Jesus was buried. The traditional spot is known as the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And there's a picture. This is a huge facility. You can't quite tell from this picture. It's a huge facility. And the one, the two domes here depict the one place, the higher one, is where he was crucified, they believe, a place called at Golgotha. And the bigger one there is the place where the tomb where he was actually buried, and his tomb, his empty tomb, is now. You can see both places when you go into the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Now, why do people believe this? Well, way back when Constantine was converted in the 4th century, his mother traveled to the Holy Land and did her best to identify key spots in the ministry of Jesus. And it really was her work and her talking to local people there to identify where did Jesus do this? Where did Jesus do that? Where was he born in Bethlehem? Where where did he die? Where was, where was he buried? Where did this miracle take place? So these different things. And actually, she did some extremely important work, and we're grateful for that. Over each of these various locations, they ended up then building a church. And the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is a big, beautiful, ornate building, church, that marks the traditional spot where Jesus was crucified and buried and then, of course, risen. There is good reason to believe that that is the spot and that she accurately identified it. However, there's also good reason. About the last 150 years, this place called Golga, uh, the Garden Tomb, there's reason to believe that that could have been the spot. And I just admit my own bias, kind of hope so. Is the evidence compelling? 
you can make a strong case for either place. They're not that far apart from one another. But one reason that we make the, that we think so and what led to this discovery is this picture here, which is, what does that look like to you? That's a rock formation that was that was discovered and identified. Well, it's there, visible. The road leading out of Jerusalem to Damascus, which was right at the place identified where Jesus would have been crucified just outside of the city walls. And I don't know what that looks like to you, but you know, explorers have said, that kind of looks like a skull. Golgotha is called the place of the skull. And they began to say, wow, could that actually be where Jesus was crucified? Now notice, in you know our world, we think of on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. And the movies we see, Jesus died up on, a, up on a hill. And that's not actually accurate. Most likely, and by the way, I think you see this, I think we'll see this in this depiction from the chosen. Uh, uh, they haven't gotten to the death and resurrection of Christ. That's later on, but we've seen some crucifixion scenes. The roadway would have been eye level. People would have been crucified right by this main road or the and a main road. They weren't put up on a far away on a hill where you could barely see them unless you had binoculars, which nobody had in those days. But it was put right where you're going to walk by, and you're going to see these people uh, hanging there, crucified, naked, beaten, dying a slow, torturous death. Crucifixion was not meant to just be a nice, sweet way to to take out someone who, who no longer deserved to live. It was meant to be a public statement to, to strike fear and terror into the heart of the people of you don't dare disobey Rome. And so crucifixion was very public. People saw it. And it would have probably been along a roadway like this. And there was a road right here. This is, some people believe, I tend to believe, that this was Golgotha right there. And he would have been crucified uh, in front of this, in front of the place of the skull, which leads then to the garden tomb. The garden tomb is only about 100 yards away from this. You can walk there in about one minute. It's not far away. It could be a little bit further, but you, you, it's all in one enclosure. Right now, Golgotha, in modern days, this is a, uh, a, a, a bus terminal is right in front of it, and it's Mus in the Muslim area. And there's signs up above about Allah and Muhammad uh, that are posted up on top of that. This is an old picture from over 100 years ago. And, and, uh, in, and so, you know, the, the Muslims kind of put their, their propaganda up there above it so you can see it. And they, they try and do their best to make this not very visible. But you, and so you can see it from the garden tomb. And then you walk just shortly over here to this. It's a beautiful area, the garden tomb. They've, they've kept it up well. They've put flowers there. It's, it's well manicured. It's one of the most beautiful things about it is so many groups visit it, evangelical groups, people who really strong lovers of the Lord who, who are strong in their overt in their worship. And you hear much singing going on in here. There's different uh, areas they've set apart for worship services, communion, remembering the Lord. And you hear a lot of singing in different languages from all over the world. You recognize the song because you know the tune, but you don't recognize the words. You just know that people from every tribe and tongue and nation are worshiping God, and that's awesome, isn't it? You walk in the garden tomb, 
and you can walk in there and you look at the place where very likely Jesus was laid and you say, wow, it's where it all began. It really is real. I mean, I, I've always believed the resurrection's real, but there's something special about seeing that place. The nice thing about the garden tomb is it is it really reflects probably for the most part, they put a lot of nice flowers there and all, but reflects what it would have been like in the day of Jesus. Sadly, the, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre has the church built above it, all the ornate decorations, all the religious symbols, um, the quite a bit of pomp, to be honest, that goes on in there, quite a bit of religious worship, formal worship, um, different groups singing different, you know, in the building. The guard, the difference between the Church of Holy Sepulchre and the Garden Tomb is the Garden Tomb strikes you. This is really what it could have been like. It could be somewhat undisturbed. It would have been when the people went to the tomb, they didn't find a big church. They found this this door and a rock that was rolled across that door, a big uh, round slab rock that would be rolled to cover that. And so whichever one it is, I kind of hope it's a garden tomb because the garden tomb feels like it would have been 2,000 years ago, not the way it's come now. Israel is not highly commercialized. They have prevented, you know, obviously there's a couple million visitors there every year. And so they, you know, they they have certain walkways and so on, but they've not made it highly commercialized like some tour spots in other parts of the world. They've tried to keep it as simple as possible, but many of the places there are large churches built over these key sites. And um, we always like it when we see something that doesn't seem to have been that way. Bottom line, folks, is... How cool is it to be at a place and to be reminded our God rose, our, our Savior rose from the dead. I've said it here before, I'll say it again. People ask me, Tom, what makes you think your religion's any better than anyone else's? I say, well, for starters, our guy rose from the dead. Well, he's more than our guy, our Lord. You travel to you, you travel to the great places of the other religions of the world, and you will find there are no empty tombs. There are no risen saviors. There are no messiahs. Only in the Christian faith do we have a Messiah, a Savior of the world, one who has come as the Lord and who's demonstrated it by the resurrection from the dead. And also, in no other religion do you have our leader who gave his life voluntarily for our sins as a guilt offering for us. So we have quite a faith, quite a religion. Never want to forget it. Never want to forget it. I do believe it's important that our Christian faith be more than something just in our head. It be something that we experience. As I've shared in my own testimony before, uh, someone once shared with me that for many people, it was only about 12 inches separate most people from heaven to hell. 12 inches? Uh, heaven's way up there and hell's way down there. How can that be? And what they said, well, it's the distance, that 12 inches is a distance from the head to the heart. It says in Romans chapter 10, with the heart man believes. With the heart man believes. I hope each of you have believed from the heart that your faith in Christ is more than just you acknowledge information, but that you've trusted him. You've put your faith in him. I sometimes, you know, I like sports analogies, and I, you know, if it's the if if you're a Tom Brady fan, a lot of people are. And it's the fourth quarter, and you're down by one, you know, 
five points with two minutes to go and you say, we're going to win. I know it. I believe in Tom Brady. Well, you're not saying you think he exists or he's out there taking the snaps. You're saying you're counting on him. You're trusting in him. You, you have faith in him. He's going to go win the game. He's going to go get a touchdown. And when we say we believe in Jesus, it's the same type thing. I'm counting on Jesus. My trust is in Jesus. My faith, I'm, my faith is in him. I'm not just acknowledging his existence. And it's so when you go to like the garden tomb or the church, Holy Sepulchre, you say, wow, this is real. He really was a real person. He really died there. He was buried there and it's empty now. And you see the information is true, but we go beyond that. And we say, my faith is in him. I'm counting on Jesus. I'm trusting in Jesus. He's going to take me to victory. He's going to, he's made me right with the father. He's going to take me to glory one day in heaven. I'm counting on Jesus. I'm believing in Jesus. I believe in him. My faith is in him. That, my friend, is what saves us. It's not just the acknowledgement in our mind. It's the faith that comes from trusting him. I, I, I hope you have that. If not, ask him. Just tell him right now you'd like to do that. And you can. It's that simple. As a matter of fact, I'll lead you in a prayer like this. If you've never prayed this, or if you're unsure, pray with me. Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus Christ who died for our sins, died for my sins, not just for the sins. He died for the sins of the world, but he died for my sins. And he rose again. I believe it. I'm counting on it. I'm trusting in it. I'm counting on Jesus making me right with the Father. I'm counting on Jesus being my Savior. I'm counting on Jesus. I'm, I'm believing my faith is in Jesus Christ to be the one who will advocate for me and make me right with the Father and cleanse me of all my sins. I know I can't do this on my own. I know I could never be good enough. I've just failed too many times. I've sinned too many times. I'm counting on Jesus to save me. My faith is in him. Thank you. And thank you, Lord, for every person here who does believe in you, has that faith in you. Might you encourage and strengthen us and help us today to walk in a manner worthy of what you have called us to. You have, Jesus, you have conquered death. You have made, in doing you are more than a victor, and you've made us more than victors. You've made us, in Christ, we are more than conquerors. Today, we want to live this way. Be with us, we ask. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with the, your joy. We ask these things and give you this day, praising you and blessing you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen and amen. Hey, folks, thanks so much for joining with me today. I sure we're here every day, every morning, 8.30 a.m., and I'm glad you're with me. I'm so happy that you're along. If you're a first-timer today, welcome. I hope you come back. Subscribe, hit the notify button. You know the drill. But join with us. Be part of our community. Make a commitment to get in the Word of God every day. Don't just be a Christian when you feel like it. Be a Christian day in and day out. That's how you grow. That's how you make a difference in your life. And to those who are here every day, I love you guys. Thanks for being with me. I extend once again this invitation. If you're interested, like I said, these COVID restrictions seem to be going away vaccine mandates and all this stuff seems to be going away at least israel if you're interested check out my website tomthepreacher.com click on the israel icon and uh, let us know 
ask for more information. We'll be in touch. It's a great trip. If you're able to make it, I know we're not all able to, but if you are, uh, I think you'd really enjoy it. God, until we meet tomorrow, God bless you. Might you be strong in the Lord. Remember, you got something the world didn't give you, so don't let the world take it away. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.